The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Dana Perkins, and you're listening to Switched On, the BNEF podcast. The Chinese government has introduced one of the world's most ambitious renewable energy plans, targeting 1,200 gigawatts of wind and solar installations. To help them get there, over the past three years, China has announced three successive batches of projects, which will rely on some very, very large renewable energy projects called megabases. Each megabase will produce a minimum of one gigawatt. To put this in context, you could expect to see a project in Germany at around 15 megawatts, or in the U.S. at perhaps maybe 50 megawatts. So between now and 2030, China's nearer-term goal is to have these megabases add up to 455 gigawatts of clean energy. The projects will largely include wind and solar, but they'll be aided by new or retrofitted coal-fired power stations to help with intermittency. To tell us about these megabases, I'm joined by two analysts from BNEF's Beijing office, Shan Yu Chen and Tian Yi Zhao. They're going to explain what's included in these three batches of projects, and they're going to get into some of the implications, such as the impact that these projects have had on solar module and wind turbine manufacturers. To access the report titled, China's Unprecedented 455 Gigawatt Energy Megabase Plan, BNEF subscribers are going to be able to find it at bnf.com or at BNEF on the Bloomberg Terminal. Subscribe to the show for updates and give us a review to share us with others. But right now, let's jump into our conversation with Xian Yu and Tian Yi. Welcome to Switched On. Nice to have you here, Tian Yi. Nice to be here with you, Dana. And Xian Yu, welcome to the show as well. Hello, Dana. Um, good to be here. So we're here to talk about megabases. And let's start with the definition. What what makes something a megabase? Yeah, so megabases refer to all those wind and solar projects that is over one gigawatts per project. And they are mainly located in deserts and wastelands in China. So the Chinese government have targets for renewable energy rollout. Can you first of all define what those targets are and then explain how megabases fit into reaching these? Yes. Chinese government set a very ambitious target of reaching cumulative 1,200 gigawatts of wind and solar installation by 2030. And of this target, the aim is to roll out 455 gigawatts of wind and solar megabases before 2030. And um, Chinese government's aim to install the first 200 gigawatts renewable megabase between 2021 to 2025 and to install the remaining 255 gigawatts renewable megabase between 2026 to 2030. So we all know in order to actually reach a target, there need to be several policies in place in order to create the incentives for companies to actually do the things that are required for this level of installation. So what are the national policies in China that were introduced to drive the rollout of renewables to reach the targets? 
As the pivotal national strategy to boost renewable capacity, megabases are mentioned in all of China's government key. Carbon and renewable policies. China's National Development and Reform Commission and the National Energy Administration announced the first batch of megabase projects in 2021, which required a total of 97 gigawatts of wind and solar projects to be commissioned in 2023. Project list of the second batch was delivered about half a year later in 2022, and in February 2023. The list of the third batch was issued, different from the first batch, which had a total capacity disclosed in public. The latter two batches had not been disclosed on national level, so we have no idea how many capacities included in these two batches. Till now, BNEF has tracked 38 gigawatts in the second batch. And 53 gigawatts in the third from the public sources. As for the detailed policies, there have been three key points on the national level that highlighted megabases so far. The first one, action plan for carbon peak before 2030, released by the State Council, underlined to develop megabases to contribute to China's target to have 1,200 gigawatt of wind and solar capacity by 2030. And the second one is also from the NDRC and the NEA issued the 14th five-year modern energy system plan, which calls for acceleration of the establishment of renewable megabases on deserts and wastelands. Uh, last but not least, also from the NDRC and the NEA, together with other administrations from the central level, the 14th five-year renewable plan maps out the megabase pipeline across seven regions across China and states that clean power should account for over half of transmitted electricity volume on all new lines planned or commissioned during 2021 and 2025. So batches were announced in 2021, 2022, and again in 2023. Do you expect that there will be an additional batch announced in 2024, or is what has already been planned essentially what is going to be built? The three batches that has already been announced add up to 188 gigawatts. That corresponds to the 200 gigawatts I mentioned earlier that is set to be installed between 2021 to 2025. We do believe that there will be future batches of megabases, but we don't know exactly when. So the first batch of megabases was actually set for completion by the end of 2023. Can you talk about the different composition of renewables that went into this? I mean, pretty much how much of it was solar and how much of it was wind? So from the first batch of megabases, it contains 45 gigawatts of wind, 51 gigawatts of PV, and one gigawatts of solar thermal, and most of this. Power sources are separate, are not co-located. The wind capacity mostly located in Inner Mongolia, where the wind resources are very strong. And as Xiaoyu has stated, on the PV capacity of 51 gigawatts in the first batch, the northwestern provinces, which enjoys more sunshine and greater land availability, account for 63% of the total planned solar capacity. And、uh, as for the wind megabase projects, we don't think that all of the wind megabase projects will achieve the deadline that Dana you mentioned earlier at the end of 2023 because of land use issues. For example, there's a two gigawatts megabase projects in West Inner Mongolia, 
the developer violated the forest land use regulation, and they need to resolve those issues before they can get fully commissioned. So from our database, our database show that this project is still under construction and not commissioned. Apparently, they, they've missed the deadline at the end of 2023. So you mentioned that these megabases are being built on areas that are otherwise not used for something else. And you actually referenced a project in Inner Mongolia. Can you talk about where they are located for the most part? Are most of them in Mongolia or most of them further west, further east? And really, how far away are the megabases from ultimately the end consumers who are going to be requiring this power? From our analysis, we found that out of the three batches of megabases, 58% of the capacity is used for local consumption, and 42% of them is used for transporting to other provinces. Uh, Most of the wind and solar megabase projects are located in the northwest areas of China, where there are a lot of wastelands and deserts. Up until this point, we have largely talked about that first batch that was coming out. Let's talk now about the second batch. So what is the composition of that in terms of wind and solar? As I stated previously, there is no official number on the total capacity for the second batch. From provincial governments and public sources, we have tracked 39 gigawatts, comprising of 15 gigawatts of wind and 23 gigawatts of PV and 0.4 gigawatts of solar thermal. Most projects in the second batch are located in northern China, and 54% of project in capacity will send generation to central and eastern China. And that brings us to the third, the most recently announced batch. What is likely to happen there? The third batch megabase projects are mainly located along the Yellow River. And as of July 2023, there's been 53 gigawatts disclosed, including 20.6 gigawatts of wind, 32 gigawatts of PV, and 0.1 gigawatts of solar thermal. Of this, there was 4.9 gigawatts of offshore PV projects from Jiangsu province. So I think that's really interesting because we're talking now about offshore PV. I mean, you'd already established that these require vast amounts of land. So they've had to locate them further west than maybe most of the population actually lives. But then this one in Yangtze province, and and for those who are not familiar with the geography, that's on the east coast of China, actually bordering the Yellow Sea. And there is an offshore solar megabase planned for that location. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? To begin with, a quick background for those who are not familiar with Jiangsu province. This province is one of the most densely populated provinces in the country, containing major cities like Nanjing and Changzhou. Due to the rapid solar deployment in recent years, land constraints have urged developers to look offshore to accommodate solar farms. However, the prevalent design in China's offshore PV projects is fixed pile foundation and built in intertidal areas rather than the floating system in deep water. And large provinces along the eastern coast have very big plans on offshore PV. Shandong aims to have 12 gigawatts of this kind by 2025. Jiangsu plans have 5 gigawatts of offshore PV by 2025 and another 5 gigawatts by 2027. Other provinces like Tianjin and Zhejiang have also released relevant policies and pilot projects. 
we will see gigawatt level offshore PV installation from the coastal provinces in the near future. But there are still big challenges to be tackled, such as the corrosive salt and constantly moving water presenting technical problems for equipment, construction, operation, and maintenance. So tell me a little bit about the companies that are actually developing these megabases. Most developers of the first batch of wind and solar projects are state-owned enterprises affiliated to either central government or local government. Based on our analysis, central or local state-owned enterprises accounts for 88% of the total wind installations and 92% of solar. And private developers are only 12% of wind and 9% of solar. So this is an incredible amount of generation capacity that's going to be installed. And invariably, then that means we need to have a equally capable grid to connect to it. So with the introduction of high voltage grids, which was something that actually our colleague Sanjeet mentioned on a previous show about grid connectivity, can you just talk a little bit about what some of the plans are for grid rollout and really whether or not you expect it to keep pace with the megabase build out? The ultra-high voltage transmission lines are critical to connect megabase projects to demand centers. The central government plans to send 75% of megabase generation outside of where they are located. Nine new lines potentially utilized for the first batch have been in place, with 49 gigawatts out of 97 gigawatts supplying to other regions. And most of these lines have a utilization rate under 60% in 2022. The commissioning of the first batch will drive up the utility rates, but not very in a significantly way. So there is little fear of having curtailment caused by transmission lines. Besides the existing nine UHV lines, we estimate there still needs another 18 to 12 UHV lines to support the future batches. By the end of 2023, the central officials have approved seven new lines for megabases, which are all targeted to be commissioned by 2025. So you had mentioned curtailment, but I actually want to talk about the other end of the spectrum, which has to do with the risks posed by renewables to security of supply. If there is a large wind farm or a large solar farm and we don't have the right amount of sun or the wind isn't blowing as hard and there is a large number of people and companies that are dependent upon the power coming out of these megabases, what is the plan to handle supply? That is a great question, Dana. Because wind and solar energy is unstable and especially wind is more unpredictable. So for grid safety and stability, megabase projects that exports to other regions are required to co-locate with round-the-clock dispatchable technologies such as coal and energy storage. And a guidance from National Energy Administration says that the capacity of supporting coal plants should be less than 30% of co-located renewable energy capacity. So in total, we counted 79 gigawatts of megabase projects that are exporting their generation. Therefore, it'll include up to 23.7 gigawatts of supporting coal plants to be co-located with them. So let's stay on the topic of coal for a second. You're, you're bringing this up as a source of flexible capacity, which is required in order to enable this entire complex project to actually happen. Can you talk about some of the ways the use of coal is actually quite different in this circumstance and what this means for the aging fleet of coal-fired power stations across China? 
In the near term, China relies on coal power to provide the firm capacity to deal with the intermittent renewable production in the power system. The main challenge is that most of current coal power plants in China were designed to carry base load, not for flexible service. China is still in the very early stages of retrofitting the traditional generators. The government does plan to retrofit. 200 gigawatts of the existing coal-fired capacity to provide flexible service. So you'd mentioned that these projects are, you know, being installed largely in part by the Chinese government. So talk to me a little bit about how energy prices are actually structured and agreed. As we have discussed previously, there are two types of power consumption for megabase generation for local use and for transmission to other provinces. As for the power prices, generation for local use will have the local co-reference rate, which has very good economics for projects. In contrast, those for export to other regions, the power exchange administrations from the sending province and the receiving end, they negotiate the power prices, which are normally lower than the co-reference rate and affected by the fluctuation of power market prices in the receiving province. So sticking on the topic of prices. We had a podcast where we talked to our colleague Jenny Chase about solar, and one of the things she brought up was that, in particular, the modules coming out of China were at record low prices. One has to assume that megabases have had a role to play in creating demand for wind and solar. Can you talk a bit more about both of these industries and what that really means for manufacturers and for the prices of the wind and solar modules and turbines? Uh, Let's begin with solar. Uh, The module assembly capacity has been expanded very fast during the last two years. Investors were stimulated by very ambitious targets from the official side, signaling the downstream demand is certain and very large. In our latest PV market outlook, published earlier this week, we estimate there were 444 gigawatts of solar installed in 2023 around the globe. China PV market hit another record by accounting for over 60% of the global total. The strong momentum was mainly driven by the falling module prices, as you stated, megabase push, and the booming small-scale market. And for this, for 2024, we expect the PV addition in China will increase to 255 gigawatts in alternating current or 315 gigawatts in direct current. The oversupply has resulted in module price collapsing, making rooftop solar more affordable. Low-cost modules will enable growth in emerging markets like Africa and Latin America, where Brazil, for example, is seeing commercial and residential PV boom. And if we uh, go back to the 1,200 gigawatt goal, this target is merely the task by 2030, which is far from supporting net zero by 26. The project pipeline is sufficient in China. BNF project database shows at least 300 gigawatts of solar projects under construction. This number has not counted the small-scale market, which has contributed more than half of the annual build since 2021. Generally, our expectation shows a growing trend throughout 2030 in China market. A total of two terawatts of PV is to be installed from 2024 to 2030. 
As for wind market, the biggest impact of megabase projects is that the implementation helped further drive down the average wind turbine price per megawatt in China. First, the bigger turbines can better capture strong wind resources in the deserts and wastelands. Although it's more expensive per turbine, but it's actually cheaper per megawatt. And as we mentioned many times before, megabase projects are large, requiring a lot of large turbines and utilizing. Utilizing economic of scale, turbine manufacturers can offer lower prices compared with supplying to smaller projects. So these megabases are going in, adding a huge amount of capacity. Does the demand for these projects actually exist when it comes to the end consumers? There won't be a lot of troubles for the first batch generation consumed locally, except Zilin and Qinghai. Which have limited power demand growth in the near term, but for the following batches, the consumption challenge will be severe, as the local power demand in northwestern regions may not keep up with additional generation. BNF estimates 67% of generation in the second and third batch to be consumed locally. The officials are urged to attract more investment on manufacturing industry to consume the megabase generations. China is on the trajectory to hit 1,200 gigawatts in 2024, but due to this rapid deployment in recent years, there have already had curtailment in northwestern provinces in the last year. It may aggravate this year. The NEA is working on local grid network system upgrade and urging more flexible capacities to be built collocated with renewable projects. So final question, with these batches that have been announced, when should the last of the announced batches actually be completed and online? Dana, very, very good question. We don't know the answer. We don't know exactly when it'll be finished construction and online. But the total number is that 455 gigawatts of wind and solar uh, megabase projects have to go online before 2030. So we will see what happens between now and 2030 and whether China overachieves their target and does it sooner. Tianyi and Xianyu, thank you very much for coming on the show today and telling me more about these mega developments in solar and wind in China. Thank you, Dana. Thank you. Switched On is produced by Cam Gray, with production assistance from Kamala Schelling and Lushi Karunaratne. Bloomberg NEF is a service provided by Bloomberg Finance LP and its affiliates. This recording does not constitute, nor should it be construed as investment advice, investment recommendations, or a recommendation as to an investment or other strategy. Bloomberg NEF should not be considered as information sufficient upon which to base an investment decision. Neither Bloomberg Finance LP nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this recording and any liability as a result of this recording is expressly disclaimed. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.